Welcome, folks, to Brand of Man Ministries, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ. Not by any work of man, but by the grace of God alone. I'm Pastor Will Hunsaker, and today we continue our brief study of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Galatians with episode two of Open Your Bibles. Now, last week we read Paul's introduction in this letter, where he identifies himself the authority by which he writes to the Galatians, and a brief overview of the gospel of God. Now, this letter cuts the introduction somewhat short, not typical of Paul's other letters. And he did so apparently so he could immediately get to the purpose of his writing, which we've already emphasized the central piece of this is a distortion of the gospel. So let's begin in Galatians uh, chapter 1, verse 6, and we're going to read through verse 10. So this is Paul to the Galatians. I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is not just another account, but there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said before, Even now, I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. For am I now seeking the favor of people or of God? Or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Galatians chapter 1 verses 6 through 10. So as you can see, Paul was very concerned that the gospel, this this good news from God that he had delivered to Galatia, was being distorted. Now we can further see in chapter 6, right at the beginning, Paul was amazed. This is very clear. He was amazed. Now this term in the Greek is used in a lot of letters of this era as um, an admonishment for not holding to a certain standard. Then we see in further in verse 6 through 9, he gives the reason for his admonishment to them. He explains to the Galatians that they have put aside the truth he had taught them for something else that is not the gospel. And he said, if anyone teaches a different gospel, they are to be accursed. Now, that's an interesting word. The Greek word here that's used is called anathema. The meaning of it is to be found in extreme displeasure with God, and therefore under a divine judgment. This word anathema is a very harsh word used for admonishment and cursing in the Greek language. So, it carries a lot of impact here. Now, Paul finishes his thought with a final verse of verse 10 to encapsulate this whole series of verses. It's a purpose statement that the things he does and the things that he says are not intended to please people, but to please God. Again, that's verse 10. Now, let us remind ourselves here that Paul had successfully planted churches and built enthusiasm for Christ during his first trip to Galatia. So this follow-up letter should be a lesson to us all 
as it was to them, on how quickly things can change if we slide away from our faith in pursuit of something else, something shiny, something attractive more so than what we have, something that uh, has worldly promises attached to it. And Paul made it very clear to them that in doing so, they were deserting God. So this became very personal to him. And he emphasized that it should be very personal to them as well. And it should be very personal to us today. The gospel is a very personal thing. It's the gospel of God. It's God's gospel. So deserting one means to desert them both. Now, I'd like to further remind you that the gospel is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nothing more, nothing less. It's the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul emphasized that in those first, uh, the first five verses of his introduction in this letter. And there's also a really good um, definition of what Paul claims to be the gospel, of how it was referred, uh, uh, relayed to him from Christ in his first letter to the Corinthians. So it'd be a first Corinthians chapter 15, the very first few verses really give you a good solid indication of what the gospel is. But in this case, evidently, some people were teaching the Galatians otherwise, as seen in verse seven. We see this same narrative unfold today as people teach in ways to be made right with God that are in addition to the gospel. We are redeemed, remember, and made right before God solely by the blood of Christ. It is through our faith, through our faith in his atonement, that we can approach God's throne boldly. But again, I emphasize, only by wearing the cloak of Christ. To teach anything else is to desert God, and this is what Paul is saying. Now, let me explain to you folks who these people were that were distorting the gospel to the Galatians. They were called Judaizers, pretty pretty common term in the New Testament. And yes, they're still around today, just by other names. Essentially, they were folks that supported Paul's teaching of the grace of God and salvation through faith in Christ. However, they added one significant thought that completely distorted the work of Christ. They added the conjunctive word, the conjunction, and. So essentially, they would take this position. God's grace saves you through faith in Christ and. Now, they justified this by saying, you know, we've been at this a long time, following all the laws of Moses, rituals, sacrifices, and whatnot. So there are a few other things we need to do to receive God's grace. Trust us, we know this. We have it in other other extra biblical text. We have it in text outside of scripture. You know, we're, we were Jews once. We, we were the chosen people of God. We have a whole lot of experience here. So, so trust us on this. Again, these were baptized Christians, freely distorting the gospel and selling it as truth. So it was confusing the Galatians. Can you tell me today the difference when you see it? Can you see the difference between a distorted gospel and the true biblical gospel and be able to identify it? Because it goes against a lot of our natural tendencies. 
So let's look at a, a few examples that are actually being taught in many churches today, Christian churches. Here's one example, the gospel of self-fulfillment. Now, this is where Jesus wants the best for your life here on earth. You can be a better you now because Jesus wants that for you. How about this one, the gospel of wealth, where Jesus wants you to be rich. How about the gospel of health, where Jesus wants you to be free of disease and sickness? Can I see where I'm going here, where the theme is? How about the gospel of ritual and tradition, where Jesus really is the only way to nobility? How about the gospel of ethics, where if you want to be virtuous and good, Jesus is the way? Now, you see a common theme in all of these. And what I meant by the teachings of these was that many churches make this the center of their theology. Everything else they do revolves around those types of teachings. Now, we of course could go on and on with other examples, but it's safe to say from the teachings of Scripture that none of those I mentioned, and many others, are the gospel of God. None of them. Why do I say that? Because all of these mentioned are useful and valuable in some way, aren't they? Yes, of course they are. Of course they're useful and valuable in many ways. To live lives pleasing to God. But they all focus on what we can gain from Jesus. What we can gain. Instead of what he has done in his life, his death and resurrection. That's the gospel. The gospel's not us. The gospel is him. There's a distinct difference there. And it, it permeates everything else that comes out of our teaching and our understanding of Scripture. It's all about Christ and what he has done. That theme began in Genesis, that theme of redemption, and culminated up to the coming of Christ and will, and will be complete when he returns. So the only way to keep the gospel from being distorted is to keep it at the center of the church and its sole focus on Christ, not anything of man. The gospel is the gospel because its origin is with God, not man. So Paul's statement in verse 10 really drives home the need for a clear and precise gospel, casting aside all other things but the work of Christ. All those other things come after that fact. And if they come after the fact, they will be in a much different perspective than if they had come before it. So we can't discord it. Remember, Paul's verse 10 states this, for I am, for am I now seeking the favor of people or of God? See his perspective there? Or am I striving to please people? He even repeats it. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. That's verse 10. Now notice Paul said, if I were still trying. So at one point he was. So he understood the difference. He serves God. It doesn't come from man. Now Paul's words are not considered tolerant today. They just aren't. Neither are they soft and cuddly. 
I mean, after all, if we cast aside the achievements of men or the aspirations of men, we invite some very bitter opposition. It becomes unattractive. And like I said, these words, of course, do not fill the pews, nor fill the collection box, or drive up your number of followers or likes on social media. They are in opposition to our secular world. However, it is a very critical question in regards to the gospel. One we should all ask ourselves each day in fulfillment of our obligation to spread the gospel. And, and, and Paul puts that question to us and to the Galatians in that verse 10 about the distortion of the gospel. He simply says, am I seeking the favor of people or of God? We should ask ourselves that every day. Thanks for listening. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you and give you peace. Next up on Open Your Bible, we will continue with the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Galatians, beginning with verse 11. We look forward to seeing you there. God bless you all. And remember, the Bible cannot mean today anything different than what it meant then.